Welcome to The Design Diaries, a podcast for creatives, freelancers, and business owners looking for candid conversations and real advice. I'm Melissa, self-taught designer turned freelancer and now studio owner, here to share my experiences and help you reach your goals. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking portfolio tips. This is probably one of my most requested episode topics. I don't know why it's taking me this long to get to it. I just finished my designer summer camp uh, 3.0. So this is the third year that we've done it. And the biggest question that all the campers had for me towards the end of camp was, okay, now I worked on my skills and I made an Instagram portfolio and now I'm trying to make a website and I have no idea how to make one, what I should include in it, and essentially what I should populate it with. And so this is going to be my top four tips for your portfolio. I'm also going to include um, some small little tips in between the major four ones that I think are also really important to know. So let's just dive right in. Um, before I get started, though, quick reminder, if you are liking this show, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts. It will help me regardless of where you leave it. So no, now we can actually get started. So tip number one, your portfolio is like your manifestation board. So for those of you who don't know what a manifestation board is, it's essentially like you are trying to attract whatever you're putting out. So what that means is that you are putting projects in your portfolio that are going to attract the types of projects that you want to do in the future. So I cannot stress this enough. This is my number one tip for a reason. Do not put projects, or I'm, I'm going to say, I really do not recommend putting projects in your portfolio that you would not want to do again. So there are projects that were outside of your niche, that were outside of your design aesthetic or outside of the normal realm of projects that you would want to do. You really should not be including it in your portfolio and you really shouldn't be marketing it because what's going to happen is you are going to end up getting some sort of inquiry or some sort of traffic from whatever work that you're putting out there, hopefully. And if that traffic is coming from a piece of work from a project that you didn't really enjoy or that you don't really want to revisit, that is a kind of a waste of a potential client or a lead. If you focus more so on giving prime real estate in your portfolio to the types of projects that you are really excited about, that you would love to do again, or um, mock projects that imitate a project that you would love to do for a dream client, then that increases the chances of who, of getting a lead that is actually worthwhile, and that one that would make you um, excited to continue working. So for your portfolio, when it comes to picking the projects that you should uh, prioritize, that you should populate your um, gallery with, you should really be thinking about back to your target audience, back to your niche, and thinking also about you know what it is that you want, like what types of services do you want to continue to do or do in the future? What would be like a dream client, a dream project, dream deliverables for you? And then you can decide to create mock-up projects and answer all of those questions. So that way, whenever a client comes to you, you can point to your portfolio and say like, would you want to do a project like this? You can also assume that if someone has seen your work and decided to apply to work with you or inquire to work with you anyways, that probably means that they're on board with what you've put out there, which means you don't even have to do that extra vetting process. You most likely um, have someone in your inbox who is down for what you've already put in your portfolio, which you are also down with. So it means you're already aligned and it's a win-win situation. So 
your portfolio is your manifestation board. Only put things on your portfolio that you would want to happen in the future. Now talking about projects and populating that portfolio and content, I think that there is a magic number you can call me a hypocrite because if you go to the portfolio page on my studio website, I have, I think, like 12 different projects showcased on there and I, I just have a ton. But it's sort of an exception for me personally just because my studio offers so many different services. Like we offer branding and web design. We also do social media collateral and templates. We also do packaging design. So, um, And I also work with a lot of different industries in my niche. So... All of my projects are trying to showcase different parts of of those um, skill sets and then those audiences that we like to serve. So it's it's a small kind of exception to the rule. But usually I think there's sort of a magic number. And the magic number can be different for everybody. But I will say that no client is actually going to click through all of them. They're only going to click through the ones that resonate with them. So what I like to do is I like to try and diversify the types of projects that I'm putting in my portfolio. And then once I hit my, my quota for each category, I don't add more than that. So what that means for me is I list out, for example, all of the services that I offer. And if there are any of them that I can nest together, then that's even better. Um, so for me, let's just say, for example, say it gets branding design, web design, and packaging design. So those are three different services that I want to highlight on my portfolio. And let's say I have three different niches. So one is for a service provider, one is for an e-commerce product, and maybe one is for a physical space like a restaurant or a cafe. So my magic number for my portfolio is going to be anywhere between three and nine. And the reason of that is kind of like multiples of my three different niches and my three different um service types. So I'm going to try and showcase my diversity of skill by showcasing that I can do branding for a physical space, but I can also do branding for a product. I can also do branding for a service provider. Um, and then maybe I will create a website for e-commerce and I'll create a website for a service provider. But then for the e-commerce one, I also show showcase packaging. And then, so those are three projects right there. And then let's say I want to showcase maybe another aesthetic of mine. So I'm going to do a second cafe and I'm going to showcase branding and packaging because maybe this cafe sells stuff. And then for my service provider, I want to showcase a different aesthetic. So it's going to be a different type of service provider, but maybe I'll do branding and website again. So if that's confusing, I can just summarize this in one sentence. You basically just want to showcase everything that you would be willing and you can do through your projects. So if there's multiple aesthetics that you like to do, showcase those aesthetics through different projects. If there's multiple audiences or client types you want to address, then showcase those types of audiences through your projects. And if there's different skills or services that you want to promote, then show those skills in those services in those projects. And usually you can combine them per project so you don't have to do like 15 of them to showcase all of that. You can do multiple services per one client, and then you can do multiple aesthetics per like one niche, etc. So that is the answer to the question about like how many projects should I have in my portfolio. But I will say a huge part of our portfolio is not just the projects. It is also the about section. I think a lot of people take that section for granted. They think like, 
you know, it's a throwaway page and it's not really necessary. But me personally, whenever I'm looking at a potential like intern or somebody I want to work with, I love looking at the about section, especially if you're applying to a design agency or design position. I think that the about section is super important. And here are the things that I personally would like to know about a creative when I'm looking at their portfolio. I want to know their name. I want to see where they're located. I also want to know if they're open to new projects. I want to be able to download the resume or see their resume without too much work involved. I also would love to see if there's anything about their values or their mission that they are um, passionate about so that if we potentially align in mission that I know that bringing them onto my team could be a really good idea. So because I'm a mission driven studio, for example, we prioritize like BIPOC, queer and women owned brands. And so if I see on someone's resume in their or in their about section and they're passionate about any of those things, then it's usually like a green light to me. It really doesn't stand out to me a lot. So it's really great to put what you're passionate about in things that you stand for. You can include as little or as much information about yourself as you want, but I think it's important to at least give details about the types of position you're looking for, the types of work that you specialize in, and then also um, contact information. So those are all things to put in your about page in addition to having those portfolio pages in case studies. So in talking about your case studies now, in addition to the actual design portion, there are other things in the case study that it's important to add that will really, really help enhance the perception or the, the overall, I think like reception, I would say of that project. So what I mean by that is you want to make sure to include a small blurb about the project, maybe summarize like the industry or what the client is and what they do. But then also you want to include some reasoning to showcase your design thinking. So you could just slap photos into a gallery and call it a day. Or you could say the client came to me wanting something bold and fun and playful. So I created this color palette with these colors to create that. The client didn't want it to come off too young. So to balance that, I chose photography that was this, or I chose fonts that were this. And the client um, is located in this neighborhood. And so they typically have XYZ clientele. So in order to appeal to them, we did XYZ thing with the design. So once you add in that paragraph, just summarizing your design thinking, it can literally be that format that I just gave you. It tells, employers or other people who are wanting to work with you potentially that you have a strategically thinking mind that you have design thinking like this is how you think through things um and i think that is more valuable than just the design skill what's more attractive to me in a creative is usually that that creativity and that creative thinking that creative problem solving in the logic portion of design more so than just designability and technical skills. So I think it's really important to always include some sort of mention about like why you made the design decisions that you did. Also on your case studies page, make sure to always give credit to any collaborators that you worked with, especially if you did something that is 
intertwined. So what I mean by that is like if you did the web design and then you hired someone to develop it, it can be easy for someone to conflate you doing the web design with you building it. And so you want to make it very explicit that web design by Alyssa and then web development by XYZ. Um, it's really important not only for attribution because it's like a legal matter often, like if you unknowingly maybe take credit for someone else's work, that's something that could be liable in the future. But it's also important to showcase that professionalism, attention to detail and credit because if you're going to be applying for a design position at an agency or at a company, you normally will be working in a team. So it shows that you're really good at working with the team. It shows that you're able to collaborate with other individuals and um, do the things necessary to like make that process run smoothly. And it also shows to the, like I said, attention to detail, which is really important when you're working in larger projects for um, major brands or for clients that may be larger in scope. So that's always a good idea to, to list those things um, also one on your Instagram portfolio side as well. And then I also mentioned including what services that you did, even if you didn't work with any collaborators, some person might not realize or may not understand like what part of it was yours and wasn't. So I like to list, for example, like the branding is me, the uh, mock-up designs are from XYZ mock-up store, but then the, um, packaging and like the print design itself was by me so I like to give credit where credit's due make it very very clear what I did and what I didn't because otherwise someone might come to me and ask me for 3d rendering mock-up services and I'm like oh I'm sorry I don't do that and they're like oh well I saw all these mock-ups on your website and I say oh that's my bad I didn't give credit so that's just another little tidbit so those are the main things that I would recommend having on your portfolio I will summarize all of those tips right now. So the first one is your portfolio is like your manifestation board. So only put work in projects that you would be excited to do again or something similar and put on your portfolio what you want to attract. Second thing is in terms of numbers and what types of projects to be putting on there. Try to show off a range of all of the skills, all of the dream clients, and all of the aesthetics that you would like to potentially do in the future, and do combinations of those, and try not to do an excessive amount. Number three is make sure to include your design thinking and reasoning alongside the design gallery. Rather than just inputting images and calling it a day, try and explain why you made design decisions, try and explain what the client wanted and what you delivered, and give more insight as to the way that you think as a creative. And then finally, always make sure to give credit to any collaborators or any outside resources, and then include what services that you did to be very, very clear on what you do and what you don't do. So those are all of my tips for what to put in your portfolio. I would love to do a portfolio audit for anybody who is interested in that service. And if you're interested, you can just DM me at the Design Diaries podcast on Instagram, or you can email me. All that information is in my profile. So I hope you really enjoyed the episode and I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Design Diaries. We'll catch you on the next episode.